Welcome back to NurseCast. I'm Joe Morita, Senior Acquisitions Editor at Springer Publishing Company. This episode of NurseCast is sponsored by Rasmussen College's Online Registered Nurse to Bachelor of Science in Nursing program. As we celebrate Veterans Day in the United States this week, we'd like to dedicate today's episode to military nurses. We'll be joined by Jennifer Bayem. Jennifer was once the highest ranking female in her military unit in Iraq. After serving overseas in both Iraq and Afghanistan, Jennifer now serves here in the U.S. as a clinical manager in Natchitoches for Fresenius Kidney Care. Natchitoches is a town of 19,000 people in central Louisiana. Today we'll learn more about Jennifer's role in the military and how it has impacted her role as a nurse. Here's Jennifer Bayonne. We're commemorating Veterans Day today and we're talking with Jennifer Bayonne, who's a clinical manager at Fresenius Kidney Care, and she served 13 years in the U U.S. Army Reserve and did a one-year um, stint at both Iraq and Afghanistan. So we're going to talk to her about some of her experiences in the U.S. Army and then also what she does now um, as a clinical manager, as a nurse. So Jennifer, could you first of all just give us a little bit about your background? Um, sure. I started out as a dialysis um, patient care technician in 2001, and I've been with Fresenius Kidney Care ever since. I've been here now for um, 17 years. When I, I started out with the military first, though, around the about the same time, um, about nine months before I started with Fresenius, I was 18 years old and joined the military, and I wanted to be a computer information um, I wanted to write computer programs, and when I came back to our small town, we don't have many options as far as great career choices, and so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try dialysis, and I came on as a patient care technician, and I loved it, and then um, I stayed in the Army Reserve at, throughout the process, uh, was here for about five years. We got deployed to Afghanistan in 2005. I spent a year there as a cable and wire systems installer and came back to Fresenius, you know, didn't miss a beat. They just put me on a military leave and decided I wanted to be a nurse. And um, I wanted to better myself and continue to grow. And so I went to Northwestern State University here in Louisiana and I got my bachelor's of science in nursing in exactly four years. And the day that I found out I was going to be graduating was also the day that I found out that I was getting deployed to Iraq for another year. And so um, we trained up. I got my, I did get my nursing license before I left, and I went to Iraq for a year. And at that point, I still went back with my same unit. I never changed from the 820 Signal Company. And we went back over as a cable and wire systems installer, uh, you know, a support communications support signal unit. And while we were there, though, I also took it upon myself and got with my commander. And I went and I helped out at the our local um, hospital at our five, our forward operating base there in Spiker, and um, to create Iraq. And I got to help out with uh, any mass casualty emergencies or emergency evacuation processes that we were we would practice on the the compound that I was at. And so I did get to do some nursing while I was there and also continue to do my, my, my side of signal in the Army. I came back as a nurse with Fresenius. Again, I just went on a, a, a military leave. I worked as a charge nurse here for about five years. Um, same, same building, same, same patients, you know, that we had, same staff. And then um, 
I was promoted last year recently to clinical manager at the the same within the same um, organization that I've always worked for. And so here I am telling my story. Okay, and so are you still in the reserves? No, I got out in 2013. I, I had my daughter. She's five now. And uh, my unit was deploying again. And um, I just, the idea of leaving my daughter, I love the military, and I, was, I would go back if I could, you know. Um, I just didn't want to leave my daughter. I didn't want to miss out on those things. And, you know, it was, a, my life changed because it was about my child at that point right. as opposed to just, just me. So. So this might be a difficult question, but how did your experience in both of Afghanistan and Iraq change you as a person, and then as a nurse, too? Oh, I think that, you know, the one thing that I've always taken away from my deployments is appreciation of life and others. And I think, you know, it changes you. I feel personally that all deployments change you for the better. Um, you learn how to adapt in situations that you can't control. So, you know, as in Iraq and Afghanistan, you, you probably get everything kind of thrown at you, you know, as far as um, the living conditions or what we're going to eat or how we're going to still continue to accomplish our mission, our greater goal while we're there, while we're living and working under certain conditions. And, um, you know, but the one of the, and it teaches you also as a leader there, because I was also a staff sergeant, as a leader, you, you really learn that how you have to learn to be there for others and how you, you really set the tone and you set that you lead by example. And so I think that as far as my deployment and so overall what the Army's always taught me was that certain level of professionalism and how you carry yourself always. And bringing that back to the side of nursing, I, I feel like that, that stands true, that holds true for everything that I do as a nurse as well. You know, your patients are always watching you and they're expecting the best. They're expecting you to give them their, your best that you have. And although sometimes we work where we're short-staffed or we're tired or you're working the long hours, um, those are conditions that you just, you, you drive on, you pick up, you hold your head high, you maintain that level of professionalism, and you give your patients and you give your staff everything you got, just like you did when you were at war. You know, and, and it doesn't matter what you're working under or how you're doing it, as long as you're giving them everything you got. Mm-hmm. And I think that it all, under, it all goes back to people, you know, you, you appreciate people. Tomorrow's not promised. And I think that I can, just my smile or how well I, I treat them can make their day better, whether it's one day or one hour gives them some some joy or some happiness by what I can provide to them. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters because, you know, they remember how you made them feel. And that, that fits with, you, with people for a long time. Wow, that's interesting. Um, and do you think your your initial stint in Afghanistan had anything to do with your decision to become a nurse? I do. I do. I, you know, when I when I was there, you have that time to really to really find yourself. You you become so self disciplined when you get on the when you when you do that because it's 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 you know it's the workout concept. It's it's maintaining your as we say the physical fitness of it, and those are things that all I controlled. And mentally, I wanted to grow and. And I wanted to continue to my career. And, you know, the military, the Army also pushes you that, you know, go to college, go get an education, because they also develop their people professionally. And I just, I got to learn more about, okay, you know, I need to pick a career. And although I did signal in the military, dialysis has always kind of just sat with me. And I always loved what I did here in the States. And so I said, you know what, I think I'm gonna be, 
want to be a nurse. I want to continue to change lives and be there for people. And so, yes. Okay, that's great. So now let, let's talk a little bit about what you do now. Um, so you work for Fazenius Kidney Care. So what are your responsibilities there, first of all? I am a um, clinical manager over uh, with for patients who have end-stage renal disease. And so we have, our clinic is one of the smaller clinics because we are rural. We're not in like the, you know, the higher metropolitan, the pop, higher population areas, metropolitan area and stuff like that. Um, my, my clinic has about um, 56 end-stage renal disease patients. I have a staff of about 13 people, um, which consists of nurses, patient care technicians. We have our um, biomed guys. I'm a social worker, a dietitian, and I'm a medical director who oversees the clinic. Um, and we, we take care of our patients every single day. You know, these are dialysis. Is, you know, they have to come three times a week. And uh, we, we, really get, we really get with our patients one-on-one because it's not like a hospital visit or a regular, you know, uh, every couple of months doctor's office visit. We see our patients three times a week for the, either the rest of their life or until they get a kidney transplant. Um, and so it, you know, you really, you really, really, really have to take on, you take on their entire life. And so as a dialysis nurse or as a dialysis staff, period, um, you have to really take on everything. It's almost like they become your family because you do interact with them so often. And, you know, they come in and they bring their burdens on you or they bring their good times. And for some of our patients, they see us more than they see their own families, especially the ones that live in, like, nursing homes and so forth. Right. What's the life expect- expectancy of most of your patients? Oh, I think, you know, I've heard one of the social workers, um, she mentioned one time, you know, you they say right now it's about five years if you give an average because some patients of course don't make it to a year or two but then you know you have others who make it eight to ten so you know on average we'll say five to six years so tell me what's right so i the first time i've talked to you and you seem like a very positive person i I can sense that what what is it that you enjoy about your job there to be honest with you, the same thing I, I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the, I enjoy my patients. I enjoy the people. I enjoy coming and hearing their stories. I enjoy, you know, it's like I have, you know, 30 grandfathers and 30 grandmothers out there. I treat every patient as if they were my mom, dad, a family member, and so forth. And I embrace them. And it, I, I do. I just I enjoy them. I, learn, I love learning about what they did throughout their life and and goals that they even may have moving forward and, and what can I do to help them get to those, achieve those goals as well. Even though I am just their nurse, I also want to be, you know, their friend and their, their extended caregiver as well. You know, I want to be a loved one to them and I want to just give them the amount of love that, that I think they deserve because I think, you know, whether there were a teacher or even other nurses that are out there or even also other Army veterans, you know, maybe that I can just, give them anything they may need just to, to bring some type, some joy to their life. So I do. I do, it for the, I do it for the people. I do it for my community. We are a small town, and I always feel like I'm just I'm giving back. You know, I see my patients in Walmart. I see them at church. I see them different places because we are a small town. And, you know, they always have greet me with a smile as well. And, you know, sometimes they'll brag to their other family members who may have never met me before and say, that's my dialysis nurse. You know, she takes care of me. And it makes me feel good. I mean, and these are these are sick patients, so um, I think it would be difficult for some people because it doesn't seem like these people are going to get better. 
Um, but you're really, you know, concentrating on the moment and, you know, making, get, doing your best to give these people a, a better life. Correct? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because I learned that, you know, in our in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, I was going over for a year. We had, may have mortars shot at us, you know, you hear the rockets come in and you don't always have that opportunity to go straight to, you, you don't always make it to the bunker because you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, you got to live for the moment. You got to find that, that happiness and that joy for the, the current time and, and you just keep moving after that <laughs> I, I think you know for most people myself included I'll, I'll be honest with you I think it would be hard for me to work with dialysis patients because of uh, it, there's a sadness about that I think you know um, and you really focus on the positive and I think it, it would be hard to be in Iraq and, and Afghanistan and you just seem to have such a positive attitude about all this stuff I have a friend of mine she's a cancer she works with oncology patients and I asked her one day, I said, this was about a year ago, I said, how do you do it? How do you go to work every day knowing that your patient has cancer and they're going to die in a couple of weeks maybe or a couple of months? And, right. you know, she said something that it really resonated with me. And I never thought about it that way because she said, well, Jennifer, your situation's worse than mine. You get to know them for years and you slowly watch their health depreciate and you continue to take care of them and try to, you know, be that positive reinforcement. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't think about it like that. Like, I guess it is harder for me because I do grow relationships with them. I do see them for years, you know, and where it's her, her job, she said, you know, cancer's so quick sometimes. I don't really get to get that relationship with them, and you have to, you know, you see it so much. You know, and here, you know, it, it is hard. We either, anybody that comes on board, either you like it or you totally hate it. You see People in, di in dialysis stay for long periods of time, or they come in for less than six months, and they say, "I can't do this," you know. Yeah. So, but that, right. I think that's what anything. Yeah, you know, as a publisher, we're exposed to a lot. You know, nurses in all kinds of positions, and we hear that it, it can be hard to find a nurse that's good for you know the dialysis environment. So, do you have any advice, or what kind of personality types they should look for, or you know, training those kinds of things that can help them? Um, I think that I feel that in what I've experienced, uh, you you want to get to know your your interviewee or the person that's interested in in the world of dialysis and just see if they. For one, it's hard to tell, but you know they have to be compassionate and have the ability to take on the monotony, the routine, the same people, the same thing every day. Um, you know, it's it's a role where, like I said, it it, it becomes very monotonous, and then also at the same time, it it can become um, heartbreaking because you have to give your all and then at the end you may not uh, be able to see that that person um, continue to succeed throughout you know the, the rest of their life if they don't have a kidney transplant or, or um, things like that and so I think that when you're interviewing or looking for someone to take on this role just a good level of compassion great communication skills because you have to be able to communicate with your other staff members and with your your patients as well and someone who's who's able to take on some of the same routines and the monotonous of a job of uh, you know of the same thing every day for for a long time are you considering a flexible and affordable rn to bsn program Consider Rasmussen College's fully online registered nurse to Bachelor of Science in Nursing program. Designed for the working registered nurse, the program allows you to earn your BSN degree while balancing family, work, and school. Rasmussen College is accredited by the CCNE and the program can be completed in as few as 18 months. 
even more, Rasmussen College combines traditional coursework and credit for prior learning with FlexChoice, allowing you to blend traditional online courses with self-directed assessments. Learn more about Rasmussen College's rn to bsn program at rasmussen.edu. Now, back to our show. So the transition I'm really curious about is what is it like to be in Afghanistan and then Iraq and then to be back home? I think as far as my military transition goes, you know, the time frames from Afghanistan to Iraq were different. So I think that that makes a, a huge difference because Afghanistan was 2005 and Iraq was 2010. Right. And so when I went into Afghanistan in 2005, it was, we went into you know, the basics. We were still... Um, the compounds weren't being weren't that established because uh, the army or our the United States military hasn't hadn't been there to really just get their feet in the ground long enough, and so we were kind of going in. You know, now that I'm saying, I think about it. You know, we were going in on the initial phases in Afghanistan, and we were part of the setups and the logistically, you know, getting everything up and running. And whereas it was total opposite for Iraq because I went in 2010, and I don't know if you know, but that was part of the drawback era in 2010 and 2011 of Iraq. It was all about logistically pulling out of Iraq, pulling all of our forces back to Kuwait. And so um, I got to see it on both ends of the spectrum, you know, the the getting in there, getting all the buildings put up, getting all the, the signals set up, figuring out where people are going to sleep and where they're going to eat and and, and just maintaining a presence in the in that country to do what we went to do. Whereas in Iraq, it was totally different. Okay, how am I going to get all of my equipment out? How am I going to get all of my people out? How are we going to do this drawback and leave this land and this, this compound for the Iraqi forces, you know, so that they can use it and grow with it as well? And so it, it, it was... It was big because I did get to see war from the initial phases and then the ending phases. As we say, it's never going to end, but, you know, um, the drawback era. And so I, that was it, was, it was big. It was a big trend. And then I grew so much in between there because I went in um, to Afghanistan as an E-5. I was still a sergeant, but I was, I was really there to get the my, – my role was just to make sure the soldiers, you know, got everything done. I was to oversee, whereas – when I went to Iraq as a, um, a staff sergeant and I oversaw what we call the direct signal support team, I oversaw that entire team for direct signal, signal support for COP Spiker or TACRIT. And uh, I had um, Air Force personnel under me. I had my Army personnel under me. I even had some civilian contractors who worked with me as well. And so our job was to, in, to maintain the entire signal support for that FOB. And uh, it was it was definitely um, eye opening, you know, to to we because we provided you know when you think about it, your fellow soldiers are customers, and we're providing customer service to them. So uh, it you know it's always been about customer service, no matter what grand scheme, uh, whether it's fellow soldiers or now it's as a dialysis nurse providing customer service to our patients, you know, quality right. care to our patients. So I was just thinking that in the army you were a sergeant, you were managing people, and then you were your clinical manager at Fresenius, um, in charge of nurses. How would you compare being in charge of those two groups? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. You mean, you know, because in the army, you know, it seems like two are. very different personality types to me. It is. It is. Well, I wouldn't say personality. I think the situations are different. Because in the Army, we're all contracted. We made a choice to be there. We signed on the dotted line, 
and you were contracted for four to six years, you know, and you had to stay there no matter what. You had to kind of, uh, you had your soldiers. They couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't say, I quit and go home. You know, we were thousands of miles away at war, and, you know, everybody had to learn to work together, and we were, we were there. We were going to ride it out no matter what. There was no going home or just walking out. And I think that's that that's what you're. I think what we're what we're looking for because now, you know, now that I come here and I do have to manage nurses and other people on the civilian side, um, you know, they don't they they have other options. They have they can go be a surgical nurse or they can go work, um, you know, as a school nurse and and different things. And yes, they make the choice to be here, but you know, they don't have to stay. So I think that's a challenge as a manager, even as a leader, is that you kind of have to find that you you know you have to find. You have to be great at managing people and understanding people, and 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 here I take the time to really just find out what my staff may need from me, or really take the time to let them know how uh, we appreciate them, or I appreciate them, or the patients appreciate them. You know, just remind them of those kinds of things, and and you want, you know, even even what I learned in the military with my soldiers, you know, as long as you know, not necessarily make them happy, but give them a great work environment where they can they feel like they can grow. And have some of the same, you know, feel the way that you feel that you emulate out there. The the happiness that I get from it, I want them to to feel my joy. And so, you know, I think that it, if you create a work environment where they they feel appreciated and they feel like someone's listening to them and they can express themselves in a safe environment and where they have something fulfilling that they're taking home every day, you know, people want to stay around. They, you know, you get good results, you get good retention from those kinds of things, and. Uh, so that's what I try to focus on because at the end of the day, you know, my staff are also the ones out there providing the care to the patients. And so I want them to give what I would give. And so, uh, you know, you continue to teach and you want everybody to grow and do better. And I just encourage them and, and that, that's what I focus on. And so far we have we had a great outcome with retention here as well. Yeah, that's great. Do you think that um, serving in the military generally um, prepares people for a job in healthcare or nursing specifically. You know, it, it sounds like you had that interest already, but do you think others might have similar kind of interest? In, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that um, any branch of the military, whether it be Army, Marines, Air Force, Navy, um, I think that you it prepares you because you know it, it's about working with different personalities and, and appreciating people and knowing how to overcome any barrier, whether it be communication or. Um, or job skill-wise or whatever, and you, you learn how to overcome those things with the military. You know, last thing, you know, we're, we're, we're here on Veterans Day, do you, and, you know, our, our audience is nurses of all levels. Do you have any kind of final words for for the nurses out there on Veterans Day? I think, uh, you know, on this Veterans Day, I, I, I would like for anybody to take with them, you know, that in the military I learned that, uh, people are the most important aspect to any organization you know in the army the soldiers and their well-being and the mission was always a priority um, as a dialysis nurse today my patients and my staff will always come first and what I feel is our greater mission of working together and providing quality care for our patients always Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that was Jennifer Bayonne, and we hope that you all had a great Veterans Day. We'd like to thank Jennifer Bayonne for joining us today. Thanks again for joining us on NurseCasts. And remember to listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, or NurseCast.com.